who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This 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 is views from midstream. Now here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. Cleveland has not won a preseason game since 1999, like we mentioned at the top of the episode. Baker Mayfield, the former Cleveland Browns quarterback. The question here is, does this make Cleveland a necessary W? For two reasons. Number one, because it's going to boost up the mentality of Baker Mayfield, right? Like if he goes out there, has a good game, did not practice well yesterday, the day after being named the starter, had a couple of picks, gave up a pick six to J.C. Horn, dropped a couple of snaps. You don't love to see it. And you got to wonder if maybe he kind of let let off the gas a little bit now that he's the starter. But if he comes out and he gets Cleveland, I mean, gets Cleveland and has a day alongside his new team, I think that kind of boosts the, the, the confidence in Baker. But the other thing it does is it riles up the fan base, right? It riles up a fan base that is looking for something to latch onto. It's looking for something to sink its claws into, to get excited about. And if Baker can come out and have a day and 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 make it personal and beat the Browns, now all of a sudden, week two in the bank, now there's a little energy. There's a little electricity in the air. There's a little excitement around this team. I'm not saying that beating Cleveland is mandatory, I'm not saying that it is a must win. It's week one, but they got a streak that dates back two decades of not winning a week one game and your QB one would grow a lot if he can get that W. I'm not saying it's mandatory. It won't tank the season if you lose that game, but if you do win that game, the offense is going to be inspired and the fans are going to show up to rock BOA the next time they're at home. I, I it's It's not a must win. But it's a really, 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 really would like to win game. All right, so this is not going to be the last time. This is the first time that you guys are hearing us disagree. This is a must win. This absolutely is a must win for Baker Mayfield. Because here's the thing. He's going to be going up against the Cleveland defense. Been a pretty good defense. He's familiar with it. They're familiar with him. If he can outplay that defense, he's going to look really good. And on the other side of it, you know, J.C. Horn getting a pick six, I'm good with that. That defense is going to be good. Imagine what that defense would have been like for the Panthers last year if J.C. Horn would have stayed healthy. If he stays healthy, it's a totally different it, – It's it was already good, but it was even better. So J.C. Horn and those guys, they got to be licking their lips because who's on the other side? That would be Jacoby Brissett. So really what it comes down to, Baker needs to outscore Jacoby Brissett. I'm pretty sure. All right, I'm very confident that's going to happen. This is a must win because if you lose, it's not as much on Baker as it is on the Carolina defense being beat by Jacoby Brissett. All right, let's shift our mentality to a couple of other topics that I would like to get into. And we're going to start, as an offense does, along the offensive line. The other starter that we learned about, Icky. Ikwamu is going to be starting at the left tackle spot. And I'll tell you why it is that I like this. I like this for two reasons. Number one, he's the natural left tackle, right? Like he's the one guy on the offensive line depth chart that is a natural left tackle. We've already seen there are going to be growing pains, all right? And, and, and that's unfortunate for Baker Mayfield, especially in week one going up against a very good Cleveland defensive line. They're going to be growing pains for Icky. But 
they're growing pains. Most offensive line go through growing pains in their rookie year. It's a new speed against new size and new strength. When Icky gets it, I think he's going to be just fine. But the, the second best reason that I'm excited about that is it allows Brady Christensen to move to his natural spot, and that's at left tackle. Now, we broke that down on our show. And then yesterday, that would be on Tuesday, it was put out there by Matt Rule that there is a starting offensive line in place in his mind. That offensive line as it stands right now, left tackle is a Kwanwu, Brady Christensen at left guard, Bradley Bozeman at center, Austin Corbett at guard, and Taylor Moton will be moving over to the right tackle spot. Now, Bradley Bozeman has been out for some time with an injury. He was in a walking boot, but this week he's been spotted walking around without the boot, moving around well. So if I'm looking across this offensive line, I do not see a great offensive line. But I do see an average to above average offensive line. And that's the good news because last year you did not have that. Icky's going to have growing pains at left tackle. The biggest problem you have with Christensen is that last year they asked him to play left tackle. And he did well holding his own against outside pass rushers. Usually your defensive ends are going around 235 to 245. Now they're asking him to step inside and to block bigger and stronger interior defensive linemen. He may take some time to get used to that. On top of that, there's been the criticisms about having short arms. That was a bigger criticism when he played tackle. But it does mean that he's got to allow the interior defensive line to get a little closer, to get a little closer to the ball, a little closer to him before he can go hands-on. It's not the end of the world. He'll be fine. Bozeman is a fine center. I, I don't have a ton of complaints about him. He's not the best, but he's he's a good little run blocker. Over on the right-hand side, Austin Corbett's interesting. He came over from the LA Rams coming off of a Super Bowl win. Very exciting pickup for Carolina. I got no problem with that. Phenomenal pass rush block guard. The problem I have here is the same that I have with Christensen on the left side. He's not the biggest dude. He's not the strongest dude. Neither one of these guards are going to be exceptional at creating running lanes. And for a team that I would love to see run the football now, not with McCaffrey, with Chuba Hubbard, I would love guards who are a little bit more adept at creating running lanes. And we all know what Taylor is on the right side. When it comes down to it, it's a, it's an average to above average offensive line that I think is going to be very middle of the pack run blocking, but I think they could be better pass blocking. So that means that Carolina, in my opinion, though, needs Baker Mayfield, needs the offense to be able to throw the ball well to set up the run. Most of the time, I want to run to set up the pass. Carolina is going to have to have more Anderson, and I'll tell you who I think the third wide receiver is going to be at the end of the year, and it may surprise you. We'll get to that here in just a minute. But I need them to be able to work the quick pass offense to create a situation where linebackers and extra men into the box and overwhelming a talented pass block but a lackluster run-blocking offensive line. All right, for, for a few years now, Panther fans, I've been one of them, have yelled and screamed when it was draft time, please bring in a lineman, bring in someone that can help these guys stay upright, and you go out and you get Icky Quano. And everyone was so excited about that, including me. Dude has got the potential to be really, really good. Um, 
And the other thing is, as a, a former lineman myself, I realize, and maybe some of you don't, how important that the, the line's more important than, than you know, the quarterback, the running back, the receivers. <laughs> all the, the line's the most important thing. You know why? Because that quarterback, that running back, those receivers, they count on these guys to be the front line. That's what the line is, to, uh, to keep them upright, to keep the defenders off of them. I would say that this offensive line is a lot better than last year's oh, offensive yeah. line. And the Panthers still ran the ball pretty well with that offensive line last year. With this one, I think they got better opportunities. And I get what you're saying about Christian McCaffrey. You want to keep him healthy. You don't want to run him up the middle a bunch. We still need to run him up there some. And I, I think these guys are good enough to open up some holes for the running back, uh, for whichever running back's in there, to keep things honest. And most importantly, these guys are going to keep – Baker Mayfield upright, so he has time to scan the field. And one thing we've been able to see is how many times he's been able to check down in the, in the preseason. If he can do that in a regular season, uh, I think this line's going to be good enough. Yeah, good enough is what we're going for here, right? Like good enough is is what we're going for in this spot. I I, I don't think they're a dominant run blocking team. McCaffrey's interesting, right? Like we know the health concerns; they're, they're not new. I don't want to see him in a power run game. I mean, you may have to do it every now and then to keep defenses honest, right? If you run a one-back set with 22 back there, the one thing you can't do is allow defenses to, 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 to fade out wide because you know that's where McCaffrey's going. You may have to throw him up the middle. You may have to also go with some two-back sets, right? You may have to go with some two-back sets in order to balance it out a little bit. Either way, I don't trust the offensive line to open up the type of running lanes that I would prefer with Christian McCaffrey versus Chuba Hubbard back there, but I also don't want to get to the point where I'm telegraphing what style game I'm playing where Huber, uh, Chuba, Chuba, Huber, Chuba Hubbard is running between tackles exclusively and Christian McCaffrey is running outside tackles exclusively. I don't want to telegraph that. So it's going to be interesting to see how Matt Rule develops this offense as we see the offensive line, specifically on the left side, grow through those growing pains. But I do think that they are good enough to give Baker Mayfield time to develop, to get into a rhythm with his, with his wide receiver core. Speaking of wide receivers... Let's get into the wide receiver core just a little bit. And and speaking of wide receivers and Baker, I'll start with this. Now, this happened about a week ago, so it's 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 been a little stale, but I did want to talk about it because I think it is important. There were two primary critics of Baker Mayfield regarding Carolina before Baker became the quarterback at Carolina. Number one was Ben McAdoo, the offensive coordinator, and number two was Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver. Now, most of McAdoo's criticisms came from back when Baker was coming out of college and heading into the draft. And most of McAdoo's criticisms were about his physical game, right? He's undersized and he's got small hands. But being undersized and having small hands is not something that cannot be overcome. Drew Brees was labeled the same guy, and we all know exactly what Drew Brees was in this division for as long as he was it in this division. McAdoo has walked that back. He said Baker's, you know, he's the mentality's there. He's been a leader, et cetera, et cetera, has been praising him excessively. And so is Robbie Anderson. Remember back before Baker got here, when the trade rumors started popping out 
that Carolina would be in the mix for Baker Mayfield. Well, Robbie Anderson went on Twitter and I believe at one point just tweeted no. Like retweeted a tweet about Baker Mayfield moving to Charlotte and was like, no, I don't want the guy. I don't want to play with that guy. Robbie at one point was sending out some cryptic tweets talking about retirement if Baker Mayfield showed up in Charlotte. Well, Baker Mayfield has showed up in Charlotte and Robbie Anderson has not retired. In fact, quite the opposite. He has been complimentary of Baker. He said, quote, he's smart. He's picked up the offense. I like his energy a lot. I like that a lot about him, his leadership, his confidence, end quote. Now, the gut reaction I had to that was, yeah, of course a wide receiver is going to talk up his quarterback. Duh, right? Like, obviously he's going to do it. But it's one thing to talk somebody up that you have to talk up. And the vibe goes out that you have to talk that guy up, right? It's like when a lot of guys talk up their manager work. Oh, yeah, he's a great guy. Is he or does he sign your paycheck, right? There's a difference. But in listening to Robbie talk about Baker, I almost get the impression Baker's kind of won the guy over a little bit. And it would make sense because not only has Baker shown these things, which is why he's QB1 now, but on top of that, Baker and Robbie Anderson seem to be working really well together in preseason camp heading towards the preseason will get an opportunity this Friday to find out if they've developed game time chemistry because while all the starters sat in the second preseason game against New England it's shaping up to look like Matt Rule is going to play his starters for at least one quarter in the third game of the preseason so we may finally get to see some full speed action with Robbie Anderson and Baker Mayfield that's got some quantity and quality to it Of course, a wide receiver is going to talk up his quarterbacks, though. But the fact that Robbie and and Baker have seemed to be on the same page and Robbie is going above and beyond to to, to, to compliment as opposed to critique by, by giving more than no, like he did on Twitter that day, I think Baker's won these guys over. I think the leadership has shined through. I think the personality has shined through. And I'm very happy to see that at least outwardly, at least at a surface level, Baker and the wide receiver course seem to be on the same page. Well, the thing is with today, with social media and how things are, you I, I mean, you get a picture painted by the loudest voices, which usually are pretty negative. And so, and you may hear some grumblings from, from some guys on a team, but until that guy's in front of you and throwing you the ball, that's the only thing that you know. And now that he's there, and you know, Baker could have came to camp and just never thrown the ball to to Robbie Anderson because I'm sure he heard the same things that that Robbie Anderson said, and he didn't do that. He's been spreading the ball around to all the guys. All the receivers seem to be really happy with him. The true test on this is if Robbie Anderson's really, really cool with Baker Mayfield, it's probably like five, six games into the season because receivers tend to be uh, diva-ish. Not a word, but it is now. <laughs> and uh, when when the divas don't get what they want, they they uh, they speak up. I don't think that's going to be the case because from what we've seen, Baker loves to spread the ball around. I think there's going to be enough balls for everybody, and uh, I think uh, Robbie Anderson is going to be really happy by the end of the season. Yeah, I think that might be the nice thing about having a new quarterback with the new wide receiver core is Baker doesn't have favorites to play, right? Like in other cities where quarterbacks are there and established for a while, they're, they're going to develop favorites, and they're they're sometimes going to telegraph that. He doesn't have that. I mean, he's got to make it. I, I don't think his favorite's going to be the guy that's open. Yeah, I think you're exactly right.